0: I really consider quitting. They were like, we are not having this black woman and then she has an accent, what? No. The shocker was when I became the manager of a team of four media planners. They were revolting. I didn't belong, the only reason that I stick around is because of the ally of my boss at the time. But you know what hurt the most? That another black person was not liking me.
1: Mi gente, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Do It Is podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. Speaking of guests, the clip that you heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Jovi D before getting into the full conversation with Jovi, let me give you a little bit more context into who she is. Jovi is a Panamanian-born Afro-Caribeña, specifically West Indian and Afro descent. Her maternal grandmother and aunt actually raised her. She is the first of nine grandchildren, and actually her mother's only child. Her mother, like many, came to the US looking for a better life. Jovi was able to land a bunch of dope roles. In media and broadcasting she's even worked across two different coasts you'll hear a story about living in miami and los angeles and the differences that come along with being a professional in those cities she's worked for networks and brands like fox sony and univision even on some programs you probably watch yourself like despierta america and telefutura now that you know a little bit more about jovi let's get into the episode let's start where we always start off With the word authenticity, it's such a buzzword. What does it mean to you when you hear the word?
0: Show yourself, be your most real self. That's what I look at it. But it's so hard because as we, you know, from childhood to becoming an adult, we have developed shades of what we
1: want to be or who we are. Talk to me a little bit about growing up. Do you think it was easy to live in that definition of authenticity?
0: Yes, I was like the firstborn in a nucleus of my grandmother, my mom, my two uncles, and an aunt. So I was la primera nieta, la primera sobrina, like everything. And there was, I was allowed to be myself right around pretty much all throughout school. Then once I became an adult, yes, I had to kind of change those things about me, especially stepping into the whole work wall, but childhood was, was good. It was really fun. I, I really did. I really had a, some people will say, hashtag only child, you were spoiled and get everything. <laughs> but you know what? Si, sí, era la consentida. But I had a really harsh reality when it came to getting into adulting. Yes.
1: What happened when you got into adulting, as you mentioned, like, what was the difference?
0: Let's go back that my family was a working class. I'm a byproduct of my ancestors that came from Jamaica, Grenada, and work in the canal for the railroad, for the canal, as I mentioned. And I am just that recipient after 10 or 20 generations that when I was a kid already, I had an Indian card. I had a green card. And I, I used to fly to the United States. My mom... Was very young. She had to came, she came to the United States, and um, I was raised with my grandmother. So I had that dynamic going on. So with that being said, once I settled in Miami, started going to college, that was different. And what was so
1: different about Miami? Because people think about Miami and they must think. Oh, there's mad Latinos and Latinas there.
0: Ignorance at the time, because that's what I want to call it. I'm seen and presented Black, but my notion and awareness was Latina. I'm Latina, da, da, da. So I was embraced by the African-American community. But culturally, there were differences. And somewhere, unfortunately, also by the media, you are perceived differently. Miami is, is how I can say this, is somebody will come up to me and say, hey, Tú eres venezolana o cubana puertorriqueña, that's Miami, mm. versus where I'm living now, LA is, ¿y por qué español, and why you speak that Spanish so well, because there's nothing in my name, unless you know my middle name that is Spanish. That's that's where it becomes the shock, the culture shock, the difference.
1: How did you feel when you tell somebody you're Latina or you start speaking Spanish and they were surprised? Like, how did you feel?
0: I felt strange. I felt like, what do you mean? Don't you see people like, you feel like out of place. You feel awkward. You feel different. You feel that you don't belong. That's, that's like, you're like, what do you mean? Where I come from, there's people that look like you in my family they, there's everything there and i was like you know and then i started like feeling like bad you know you feel like what is wrong with me
1: yeah no that's deep and potentially you may feel the need to like even stop explaining yourself you're like yeah otra vez.
0: Oh, yes. It started getting exhausting. You know, I think already I'm going for 10 years living here in L.A. But at the beginning, it was exhausting and I was getting mad. <laughs> I was like, remember I was getting upset. I remember I was with some friends and and I was like, I know I don't want to go through this. I have to be explaining everybody. And then it's like, oh, my God, where you come from? El and I'm like, oh, seriously, and somebody explained to me the following they say what happens between miami is is that miami has certain demographic of latinos that come from about privileged status space yeah. and then versus la they come from a lower class working class you know different yeah and Maybe their their educational levels it does just does not meet with that's the difference that's how I was explained to it and I was like well yeah man. I'm like okay I can I can understand that just starting to yeah. A
1: yeah and then it's it's interesting and this I'm not surprised about but you also started receiving some of maybe the same looks reactions or even you said the word resistance which is powerful when you entered corporate or started working like what was that experience like when you first walked in and and before talking about like the resistance talk, talk to me about how you showed up to work like one of those early early jobs cuz i think many times like our family tells us like oh no te ponga eso you make sure you wear this don't oh, wear that like how did goodness. how did you show up
0: well, let me rephrase, as I said, Pavel, I'm a fan of your show. So I heard that you have a story about your grandfather mm-hmm. and, you know, that you had to dress in a certain way and look in a certain way. I kind of had that feedback from my grandmother, or from my family. They're like, especially right now I have my natural hair. I'm not proud of it, but I like the, <laughs> I like the beret. So I'm good. Yes. But I want to emphasize that at that time, relaxing my hair was the only thing I knew because that's yeah. the women in my family. That's how it was. That's how I carry myself. I want to be honest. I'm like, I like myself, but I, I had low self-esteem because of the lack of knowing the history mm-hmm. of how we black people, black Latinos really were brought to America. Like that whole colonization that was not part of my school agenda or explained correctly. They gave me the version of Cristobal Colón and that, romanticized story that is not 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 true so i knew that i was black i had my grandparents talking about west Indian stories and that jamaican and all that pride it was there but the sense of myself being black and how i was treated the shocker was when i became the manager of a team of four media planners they were revolting they were like we are not having this black woman and then she has an accent what no
1: they said that
0: <laughs> that's what am i my boss thank god she was amazing ally but they were like joey they're complaining joey they don't like you they saying that she doesn't know where she came from what do you mean that she has this degree where she got it from like aggression behind aggression <laughs> again aggression i was like what in the world? And I had to take it in stride after the fact that I almost I really considered quitting.
1: How did that make you feel hearing that feedback though? Because it's this interesting dynamic of like, oh my god, this is an amazing position. I need to celebrate. And then you get hit with this.
0: Yeah, because then I was at a point in my life, I was in my early 40s. And I was like, okay, I have to make it now. I was talking to recruiters and I'm like, how do I become a supervisor? How do I become a manager? And everybody was like, well, you need to get another master's degree or you, or you, you know, they have to give you that a position or you have to really get another job or move up. And I was like, fine. Finally, that opportunity showed up after I was laid off, but it was all in good sense. But then once making it back to, to when I was in the new position, it made me feel like I didn't belong. The only reason that I stick around is because of the ally of my boss at the time. Mm-hmm. But you know what hurt the most? That another Black person was not liking me. Like sometimes we can work against each other. Yeah. But not by not knowing, by not understanding. And I was like, for real? And I was like, not even, let's say it's also other Latinos going against you. You're like, what in the world? I was yeah. like, is this? For real? And that's I... the thing,
1: too, is that people think once the diversity numbers improve, like, we'll be perfect. Or if I work with a bunch of other Latinos, it'll be perfect. If I, if I work with a bunch of other Black people, it'll be perfect. No, it's not the case at all. Like, there's still sexism, classism, colorism. There's everything still happens within those dynamics. So just having people that look like you and in an environment, that doesn't fix everything.
0: It doesn't. But I want to say... There is a good uh, turnaround. I want those people over. I want those people over, yes, with integrity. But it it also, it had to do with me, like self-assurance. And I said, F this. I'm going to speak, and I'm going to let my job speak for itself. And I, it's not that I'm like, okay, I'm going to want to become friends with these people. No, 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 no. I'm going to just let my personality, my, my, my integrity, my aura to deliver. And then there was a turnaround, there was a turnaround and it took a while, some, you know, and I felt really good. But that again, it was because I had the back support of my bosses strongly backing me up. If it wasn't for them, then yeah, I would have been toast.
1: If let's say you didn't necessarily have that close relationship with your manager, your bosses, do you think instead you would have just looked for another position?
0: Oh, yeah, I was looking. I you know this is this was the the dream job for me, and pretty much around that time, getting so many report reporting about my performance or about how I was delegating or the way that I talk, they what lying. did they
1: say about the way you talk?
0: Oh, that I was too harsh. <laughs> that i was like um was i level aggressive possibly yeah it's just the way that i talk i just i'm like okay i needed to tone it down but also i needed to strive more in my emails also as well like
1: you know really? there was a
0: situation where somebody was just really coming after me and i was like listen um first of all i do not like the tone of how you are addressing me and we need to change that if you need any further help i would be more than glad to you know, assist you in what you need. But you know, like and after that, I had to just put my foot down. But that that's scary. <laughs> it is. Like
1: this idea of putting your foot down. Cause the the story that we often tell ourselves is like, oh I'm about to get fired. I really need this job. This, this, and that. And that's why most of us continue to fake it, continue to hide ourselves. What gave you the confidence in 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 those experiences to be like, fuck it?
0: Well, like you just mentioned, I needed this job. I had student loans but then again at the same token i was honestly debating and i was like is this worth my mental i started not showing off for work or calling sick and that's where my boss was like wait a minute um what's going on how can i help you or and as i said that was kind of the support
1: that i had break that down a little bit so you were experiencing things at work and then it got to the point where you started taking Like time off and days off and then your manager noticed and that's where you had that conversation yes interesting so what was that conversation like with your manager like what did what did they tell you as far as like hey i noticed this i just want to check in with you and that's the dope thing about having a strong relationship with a person that you can have those open (laughs) conversations around like yeah you're right i have been taking off and this is why and then they even ask you how can i help like that's beautiful
0: yes no her her name edna I'll give you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason that I was like kind of withdrawing is because I was in a relationship and it was not a good relationship for me. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. it was a long distance relationship. There was verbal abuse, mm-hmm. domestic violence, verbally, mentally, and I was checking out. <laughs> I was literally, and that was affecting everything else. Yeah.
1: Well, and had the things that you're experiencing at work.
0: Exactly. Right. I, I, adding to the fact the microaggressions. Right. on my work ethic yes
1: so how, how did it feel for like just to have that conversation with your manager and i mean her offering support and, and trying to help you through that like how did you feel
0: oh it's safe mm. she's another latina but you know she was just really well-rounded world-class i guess she felt compelled on my story, but I felt safe. I really, both of my bosses really supported. And who was my direct boss? She heard about me. She never had worked with me, but she has such an integrity and understanding of I guess the corp- corporate culture.
1: And I'm thinking back to, you know, the experiences that you were having at work. Like, I know you spoke about it to your manager, but that's because she she prompted the conversation. She's the one that approached yes. you to talk about it, right? Right. Often, I don't think we talk about our work experiences openly, right? Because we're embarrassed, we're ashamed, we think people won't understand. Who did you tell about this experience, if anybody? Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode of the duetas podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hacer has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to Hacer more. Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further, like Katia in Chasareta. To apply to the McDonald's Arcer National Scholarship, visit McDonald's.com/Hacer. That is H-A-C-E-R.
0: Thank God I have a support system of friends. My friends really was my support system in and out. And also, God, I surrendered to my beliefs and understand that yes, I'm going through this hurdle, but after that hurdle, I'm going to become stronger. And I, I did. I really proved myself. Also, the fact that even I live in in Miami, my family was close by. Living in LA, they were not. So that gave me another layer of grid and strength. I was like, I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna make it, but it's not a sink and swing kind of situation here. We're going forward, no matter what.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 nah, I get that. Were there any other instances where you felt the need to hide who you were a little bit, kind of like in the workspace?
0: In those days of hurdle, I'm not gonna lie to you, I am the crier, I will mm-hmm. cry. People will say, no, how are you there? Why would you cry in front of everybody? Everybody's gonna know that you're weak. I'm like bawling, bawling, because I'm like, what I'm not gonna do here, is I'm going to have either an anxiety attack or a heart attack or anything. I'm just tears coming out of my, and one of my co- employees or coworkers were there and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just let, just let me just be. Yes. I could run to the restroom and cry it out, but there were moments that you will be sitting right at your desk and just tears would just come out of my and roll down my face. And I was like, It is what it is. I just have to let it out. And then I will be fine.
1: But there were times where you didn't feel comfortable doing that.
0: No, I always, I didn't care. But that's been like, I remember hearing people like, oh, you know, you don't do that. I'm like, I am going to be at that moment. I am going to be the most authentic self on my, in my version. I'm like, if something's bothering me or it hurts me, I'm going to cry it out. I'm not going to be rude. I'll do what I have to do. And then I'll take my tissue and that's it i yeah. will not i don't i will not shy away about that. some people will ask you what's wrong but some mm-hmm. people will just not say anything and that's okay I didn't expect it i'm not i'm not i was not look i was not seeking for attention I was seeking for my relief personally
1: interesting yeah that that's really interesting as far as like I think everyone has a different way of transferring that energy that they're feeling onto something else I, I forgot who said this but it's like energy is never lost it's merely transferred from one
0: form mm-hmm.
1: being to another something like that right like if someone's yeah. feeling upset they'll transfer the energy to like a punching bag or the weights or yeah. they'll leave it in the park during their run
0: yeah
1: and in your in, in your experience you're sort of like i have this energy inside of me and i need to let it out I the know. tears was your way of sort of, like, letting it out. But but then there's just, like, this societal idea around, oh, shit, she's crying. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Are Is she going to sue us? I don't know. Like, all these sort of thoughts, right? And then you probably have the idea of, like, oh, my God, like you said, like, they're going to think I'm weak. Yes. But that was just your way to feel better.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, you know, I'll be doing whatever I have to do. And then... That's it. Let it go. Let it go.
1: Yeah. You know, that that is a way that you did feel comfortable being yourself. But what are some ways where you didn't and you felt the need to, like, hide?
0: I got, an, unfortunately, in the bad habit of eating like this. But then we were like, I was stopping that. And then, thank God, my place of work would have a space. And I would go to the cafeteria or the lunchroom. And I was like, no, I have to take this food to the cafeteria. <laughs> because it's like, how many times are you are going to eat salad, for real? It's like... <laughs> You, need, you know, you need your fricasse de pollo and arroz and all that good stuff, but I, I want to be proud of myself that I know how to cook really well. And that's what I would do, because when everybody's like, it smells so good, but I'm like, I'm proud only for myself. <laughs> it's like, I don't
1: know. <laughs> Also, no one, no one ever said anything negative about it. You just felt like you just didn't want anyone to talk about it?
0: No, exactly. <laughs> nobody said it but it's like
1: isn't that interesting though that like the comments that you got were all positive and complimentary but you still didn't want to hear it it's interesting you know what i mean
0: yeah and then he's like what do you have there joey everything that joey brings is so good but then you're like, certain things, you want to keep it to yourself. They tell you to keep it professional. You're not supposed to eat at your desk. or you are not supposed to do certain things and follow certain protocols? And even if you are all the, the boss or manager of your department, you have to keep certain, how you call that? Present yourself in such a way. I'm a leader, but I'm not. That title doesn't go over my head. That's how I, I saw myself. I would not, you know, you cannot help it people that people are going to talk behind you regardless of what yeah, you do, how you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um no, that that's interesting. I, I just think it, I just think people are going to listen to it and be like, "Wait, but I, I thought I could compliment people's food and but I think everyone is different. You know what I mean? Like people there's some people that bring food in and they may love that someone <laughs> said that's what's good. Yeah. Right? But in your case like um that wasn't necessarily the case. So, you know, I just think it's interesting. Um, Let's talk about this Miami to Los Angeles change for you, because that seems to be like a very influential that seems to be a very impactful moment in your life and one that caused positive growth from from an authenticity standpoint. Like, what was the impact that that had on you?
0: Thanks to LA was the birth of my podcast from Beta Chronicles, too, because of the generational trauma that I had. And obviously I needed to work on that. The identity crisis or existential identity that I was questioned. And also it was that lack of representation because as much as I was embraced or accepted by the African-American community and then you will hang out with Latinos, other Latinos, I just, it was just not feeling right until the assassination of George Floyd. And that's where things really triggered that white elephant in the room in Latinos about colorism and self-hate and discrimination and classism. It really disrupted everything that I knew and how was. And now seeing this flourish, this community, we've been here all the time, but we weren't being labeled or in case of saying, well, anybody that looks... Black belongs here, in LA, that's how it is. You're black, you're Latin, uh, white, or you're Mexican. That's it. Anything else is like versus Miami, you have Colombia, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and navigating your experience is different. The circle of people is different.
1: So in Miami, you didn't feel accepted because, sure, there are many Latinos there, but they aren't necessarily Latinos and Latinas that necessarily look like you. My experience Um, in
0: Miami, I never feel discomfort or out of place. My experience in LA, I feel uncomfortable and out of place.
1: Interesting, interesting.
0: I don't feel misplaced when I'm hanging out in New York. I feel amazing when I'm in New York because there's people that look like me. It's just a different vibe.
1: Do you think that was like socially as well as professionally?
0: In my environments in Miami was either I'm one of two people that are black or the only woman that is black. But I felt comfortable because it was more Spanish driven conversations. When I'm in L.A., I am somebody that my profile or appearance may look Hispanic or Latino, but there are fourth, fifth generation Americans. And even if they have the name Rivera, Rodriguez, whatever, their culture, their Perception of what they see is already influenced by what they've been thought or projected negatively. That's what happens in LA. Mm. So it takes a lot of energy to say, can you get to know me first before what you see or what you perceive or project? Instead of just automatically stereotyping me and judging me by what you believe.
1: Yeah. So in that instance, there seems to be like less just culture being felt around. But And I felt like that in a lot of scenarios. What I tended to do back in the day was I would try to fit in because... And by fitting in, like I would hear this a lot with, with women on the podcast that have been like, they started binge watching ESPN because like they worked <laughs> with a bunch of men. Like, did you try to fit in in any ways?
0: I heard about your story about that you devoted <laughs> your weekends to, you know, watch Riverdale and all of that. Yeah. I personally did not find myself doing that. But the thing is that what I would have this issue, maybe with co-switching. May that be in Miami or here, professionally in my environment. Was I was very preserved to myself, and I remember there was a coworker that would tell me, Joby, I like your style." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I like." It. I say, like, "You come here, you say hello, how are you? How's your family?" And you keep it going. I say, "Ah, thank you." She's like, "You're not involving no team, man. <laughs> just keep it together." And I say, "Yeah." I'm like, "I I didn't." I just, I got to took it in. I was like, thank you. Because I learned really early on, I was like, I am not gonna sell myself. I just did not find it right. It's just me personally. And I was like, yo no voy a estar being no teacher's pet. I uh-uh, know, we're not doing that.
1: Who, and i like- ta- Who taught you that? And I'm wondering, like, why did you feel the need to to do that? Is it because you didn't feel safe?
0: Um, it's part of the office politics. Office politics were certain, what is it, certain behaviors- Push you in a position where they think that, you know, they you need to give or project, hey, we are family. So, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what you need to know about me. And that's pretty much it. That's how I'm going to keep it.
1: Um, but who taught you that, though?
0: <laughs> who taught me that? Um, I guess by observing, I guess, college also as well. The law and ethics class. <laughs> And realizing that because they're saying that people that, you know, take advantage, the more you put out there, and people immediately want to know also what hurts you, what makes you upset or mad, and get that data from you, then they know how to attack you.
1: But has. This happened to you have you felt like you've been taken advantage of after like oh, sharing yeah, information because
0: i'm a people pleaser and i, I know that i mm. i was like the goody two shoes keep it together yes i was like and then at one point i was like i experienced because i also have a sense of caring way too much i had to obviously <laughs> get that together and I found myself in situations where, yes, I had to check myself and say, no, mm-mm, we ain't doing that.
1: Yeah. T- tell me about a time where you you felt like, all right, you know what, let me open up. Let me do this. But you felt like that information was used to take advantage of you.
0: A coworker, something came about and then she was like, but Joby, you said this and this. And I was like, what do you mean? And I, want, I took it back and I was like,
1: hmm. No. Like that was a private conversation. What wow. happened? Yeah,
0: I'm like, I guess didn't, I did not make the disclaimer that it was between you and I, and mm. why you would say something like that. And I was like, it was not bad, thank God, but it was like, okay, I'm gonna have to be careful with you. <laughs> I have to be careful with what I say.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's funny. I think I think a lot of people could could relate to that. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: like, and then you have to you have to really say, okay, what are we doing? Are we in a town hall meeting. Are we having? lunch at the cafeteria, the lunchroom, or are we actually outdoors in what kind of parameter? And even still, I was really, really cautious. And then people will have a shock because I I had maybe have two personas, the persona that was in the office and then the persona that I will be invited into other activities. And they were like, oh my God, even the way that I dress, I was very put together, you know, um what is it a nice blouse shirt you know but then when I will go out like a couple of you know skin <laughs> altar tops and they were like oh my goodness I was like is this the same person and I'm like yeah you know I love I love to have fun too you know music salsa all of that is good.
1: But even you said in, earlier in the, in the conversation that some of this becomes exhausting, like having (laughs) the two different personas. Like, I'm wondering for you these days, do you still have those two personas?
0: No, no, not anymore. (laughs) No, thank God, Why why not? There's no need. I'm like, there's no need. I just don't have to explain you anything. Now I'm like, when somebody says, que bien hablas el español, I go, si, y tú también lo hablas muy bien. That's all I have to say.
1: Nice. (laughs) Um, what's one thing that continues to inspire you to continue being your most authentic self even at work
0: to help motivate people to be themselves i I wanted to create a space for that person black latino afro latino saying you're welcome it's never late. oh yes we learned this now it's okay to unlearn and relearn that's my message It's never too late to start all over again and just keep on keep on pushing and going.
1: Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor. Leave us a rating and review. The only way we're going to redefine professionalism is to ensure that these stories get heard and seen by more people. Your engagement is going to help us do that.